Hello and welcome to the latest from Hearts Standard. My name is Joel Sked and on this occasion I'm joined by James Kearney. How's it going, James? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. But more importantly, how are you though after Saturday? Have you, have you recovered yet? Yeah. Have you got over it? Yeah, it's, it's one of those where um got home and I think I've spoken about this before, but like previously, ever since ever since this, the Edinburgh Derby Cup final in 2012, um, I basically been a pack with the devil, just like as long as you win this, don't really care what happens. And afterwards, it came, it almost became like mm, that's uh, that that's like that's a complete. I, I don't really get nervous before games, and, and then I don't like games, losses, defeats linger all that long. But uh, since again starting this job, and it's I, I don't know, I've just just found that again where it does uh, it does 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 leave a, a lasting impact. So got home on Saturday, and I was like put the phone to one side and kind of kind of forget about it because. Um, I, I'm, I was going to ask, are you going to confess to the viewers or to the listeners that? You jinxed the game by buying a victory beer the night before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. That was. I mean, there was jinxed okay. jinx, jinx it probably on many levels. But yeah, I had. Uh, I was went to the shop on Friday evening, and I thought, mm, there's there's a bottle of uh, a lager, and I'll uh, I'll pop that in my basket with the, the with the view of crack it open when we get back from Ibrox with a positive result. But no, that was uh, that 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 was on me. Um, so yeah, my, my bad, my bad. And I suppose we will jump straight into it. Graham's Graham's message uh, left a message uh, saying losing the early goal put us in the back foot straight away. Too many mm. players miles off it and not brave enough when we did get possession. Too many mistakes. I think that's pretty much <laughs> summed up. Let's done and dusted. Two minutes up the road. There we go. That's uh, that's a defeat to to Rangers. But yeah, like we we spoke about it when we were at, at Ibrox. I kind of turned to you the. The first goal, you you just I mean the it was Ibrox was bouncing before the game, but mm. it just seemed to that goal just seemed to dial up even more. And we talked about it in the preview that he can't allow Rangers to settle into the game, get an early goal, and allow the crowd to that kind of turn into that party atmosphere with them being back on top of the table in a proper title race for the first time in over a decade. That was the that was a fear, and that's how it panned out. And as soon as that first goal went in, I just felt that was it. Just with the nature of the the uh, the crowd, and we will get into the minutiae of why Hearts were so poor and where it went wrong, and we kind of reference your article. But just on mentality standpoint, as soon as Rangers got that early goal, you may as well have just blown the full time whistle there. Just never really felt that it was going to recover from there. Oh, de- definitely. You know, the following 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes, maybe, you're absolutely right. I mean, the place was absolutely jumping. It was, you know, the place, the place was shaking. It was really noisy. It was a party atmosphere. That's the best way to describe it. You know, uh, the whole stadium was singing along and chanting and all the rest of it. And, you know, to have happened 80 seconds into the game, it's a huge blow. But I think, though, that there was that spell in the first mm-hmm. half where it looked like Hearts were getting back into it. They were getting the ball. They were getting men forward. The atmosphere had dampened a little. And you kind of thought, all right, here we go. This might be a game. To be honest, I think it's probably the second goal that kind of really knocks the stuffing out of you. That's when you know it's like, okay, yes, you know, not anything short of a miracle here is not enough. This is this is going to be a really big ask now. I thought I I, I think you're right. That was I was kind of felt felt uh, feared the worst in afterwards the immediate aftermath of the first goal and despite the mistakes individually and collectively, which we'll come on to uh, talk about, I thought. We thought we managed to survive 
that spell where Rangers were really up for it without really conceding any big chances. And then we settled into it and actually had a bit of control of the game. And I showed you the, the, like the possession stats, which really surprised me. They're very mm. close. You're just like building, building at the game. There was a wee bit of, not domination, but control. And then that's where I started to clock watch and thinking, right, just get to halftime. If you get to halftime 1-0, uh, then you can kind of reassess, um, just readdress, address any issues. And then we've seen how good hearts have been after halftime when yeah. the Nations have time to kind of analyse and see where things are going well, where things are going great. And that kind of gave you hope. But yeah, like I said, the second goal and just the nature of it just absolutely killed any hope of getting back into it. Nah, absolutely. And again, I'm sure we're going to touch on it, but you could see it coming as well to an extent. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the first time Rose was one of the last defenders and went flying in. You know, there was that one where he kind of jumped in between two Rangers players and won the ball. That was great. A few minutes later, though, he got ragdolled off Dessers and Dessers is through on goal. And then again, he overcommits um, against uh, is it Sterling, I think it is, um, for the second goal. And again, it's just they're unnecessary gambles to take. Um, you know, he, he didn't have to play that pass as late as he did. He could have played that a lot earlier and it would have been fine, or he could have played it back to Kent and it would have been fine. And again, as well for the third goal, he, he does completely switch off and just completely loses track of Dessers whatsoever. So, I mean, yeah, Rose had a poor game and wasn't a surprise to see him come off at half time. Atkinson had a very poor game as well. Um, yeah, he had one for the ages. Like, particularly in that opening half hour, he was to be clinking the team. There's no getting around it. Um, I was looking through some of the stats and he had seven dispossessions in the entire game and six of them came within the first 30 minutes. So that is, just to be clear, that's not um, you know losing a header or misplacing a pass. It's getting robbed of the ball with at your feet and the other team keep the ball as a result. No other hearts were lost it more than twice. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you know, seven in one game is remarkable. Six and a half an hour is crazy. You know, and you know, it's time and time again. And, you know, there's one time where he was kind of jogging forward. Yelmaz was chasing behind him. And he just didn't, didn't even look as if he knew he was there. There's another one where he pulled out of a tackle against Lindstrom, I think, where it's like, oh, just put your foot in, just go for it. And there were just a few moments like that where a lot of attacking moves broke down there before he could really get going. So it, it was particularly the first 20 minutes or so. Yeah, there was only one goal. But I think Rangers looked really dangerous. And then as soon as they get the second goal, um, obviously they push on and get the third. Again, we'll talk about that in a wee minute. And then at that point, it's basically game over. And then you kind of think, oh, well, you know, halftime comes around. Maybe Naismith makes some changes. Hearts, he, he tends to do that. He tends to solve problems. And then again, you immediately concede again. So it's just, it was just sucker punch after sucker punch in terms of when the goals went in. You know, it was like, you know, straight off the bat, just as Hearts were looking all right right before the break, right after the break, you just think that it's never, there's never good times to concede, but those are up there for the very worst, surely. Yeah, absolutely. And just coming in on Atkinson, I, I turned to you at one point and talked about, do you, do you replace him? Do you make, do you, do you make that first half change? Because he was, when you messaged me yesterday about this, uh, about how many times he was dispossessed, Usually, when you you, you message me like it's, it's a stat that you found out, it's surprising. It wasn't. I, I just didn't feel that was a surprise, and I'm sure I said to you, "Was like I've read most of them felt like we're in the the first uh, first half." And yeah, it was it was just a really 
poor performance, and I, you don't know what's going on inside inside someone's head. He might might, might be focused, but from the outside, externally, watching his performance, he didn't look focused. He didn't look switched on. He didn't look um, he didn't look at it enough. And I was best uh, exemplified by the one where I'm, I'm trying to think if it was if it was Lundstrom. I think it was where he looked like the favourite for the ball if he ran t- towards it, but then he kind of just backed off. And Naismith, we saw him. Naismith was going mental at him, and rightly Atkinson was going kind of nipping back at him. But Naismith had every right to have a go at Atkinson because it just looked, it, it just it didn't look like uh, uh, it. it it just wasn't good. It just wasn't good. I'll choose my words carefully. It just mm. it wasn't wasn't a good look from Atkinson. At that and just the general, just general mindset. And I suppose we'll move on to talking about the the, the formations as well because we've talked about a couple of the individual performances. Um, like Graham mentions, never liked the, the three at the back. We look so much better and more comfortable than a four. There has been a lot of talk about the formation. And during and after the game on Saturday, and even last week against Motherwell, I I just feel I feel the back three is was essentially back five against Rangers is getting some unnecessary stick. Although I can understand the frustration of fans, but I just do feel the the back three is has its has its place. That's how the run started and how Hearts began to. Turn the season around was the switch to the back uh, back three where they looked more solid. It was the formation we played against Celtic, but you just felt it was maybe not the formation, but the roles within the formation that hampered Hearts' chance, especially in the first half. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, like you say, <clears throat> the, it did that shape and that system did work at, away at Parkhead. Now, obviously, Celtic and Rangers are different teams; they play differently. Rangers, for instance, can be a lot more direct when they want to be compared to compared to Celtic. But the main thing is that it was yeah, it was the rules within it. So on Saturday, for instance, whenever Rangers were get, moving forward with the ball, Atkinson would always drop um, and kind of he'd follow Cortez. Essentially, and Cortez would just drive push right up, and then there was basically this whole this huge gap that Yelmaz constantly exploited. It's where the third goal came from as well. Suter was there and he just hooked it into the back post and it goes in. And part of that was because of the three man midfield that Cam Newenhoff just wasn't getting across quick enough. Now. That was different to in the Celtic game. In the Celtic game, the plan was that uh, Atkinson, I think it was at started ring, ring back that day, he would push on to the man in possession. He'd push on, and then the centre mid would drop in behind him and cover the space on the wing. That worked really well. That was a really, mm-hmm. really effective ploy at Parkhead. That was a big reason for the win. And they just didn't do that at all here. Instead, it, again, it was all about backing off, backing off, defend the space, constrict space in, in and around the box. And the result was, okay, Rangers went, okay, great. We'll just swing in crosses from deep. We'll hit shots from we'll hit shots shots from distance, and you know, barring a couple of great saves from Xander Clark, it could have been even more. You know, during that opening twenty minute spell when you know Tavernier had a great shot from distance, Yelmaz went had a good shot that um, he spelled, then Dessers could have easily scored, but obviously it was eventually called offside. There was a ball at the back post that Dessers um, scored, and it got chopped off for offside, or no, he missed. He just missed, but it got chopped off for offside yeah. anyway. You know, there were the warning signs were there throughout the first half, and you know, I think that yeah, the tactical, the tactics that Naismith set up, and do have to have part a big part to play in that. Yeah, yeah, it was, and well, I'll come on to talk about the first half, second half uh, issue that 
if you want to call it that, hearts have. But we'll more talk about that and uh, when we when we preview the the, the Hibs game. From watching it back, I, f- I found it struggle. Just watching it at the time, it was a struggle to find any real positives from the match. Mm. Watching it back, did you did, did you find a, a morsel of positivity within it, or was it just one of those where it's like that was just a poor game, poor individually, poor collectively, poor tactically? Um, <clears throat> Devlin got some minutes. That was good. Take got an appearance. <laughs> it's probably his first booking. It must be his first booking, surely. Um, Tagawa looked fine. When he came on, he could have had a he could have had a goal. You know, had a decent shot at one point. That's about it. <laughs> um, yeah, there there weren't many positives. I think it's one of those ones where it's just you know learn the lessons from it, but draw a line under it and let's just move on because it's it was a bad day at the office. Yeah, all round. I think um, tactically, I don't think the setup was quite right. I think that. Like you say, mentally, I think the kind of the, the effect of the crowd and when they lost the goals was really damaging. And I think, you know, even Naismith, you could see that was Naismith towards the end, you know, stuff like bringing off Shankland. That's mm-hmm. probably what I to keep them, keep them, you know, uh, I think that's an admission that the game is done and the rest of the game doesn't really matter here. It's all about the derby now. So looking, playing Monday, Monday morning manager, or well, Monday afternoon, uh, what, would the, what would you have done differently would you have played having having watched the game twice now? Would you have played with a back four? Would you have stuck with the back three, but just um, done or requested players play the roles differently? Well, that's the thing. I mean, obviously, the second half, Hearts came out with the back four as a four-four-two, pretty much. But mm-hmm. it was a little bit lopsided, and that <clears throat> Grant was slightly deeper on the right, and Forrest is a bit more advanced on the left. But then that just okay, it solved the the Red Van Yomas problem. Great, you didn't, you know, there wasn't as much space for him to play in anymore. But all this then it opened up space for Tavenier to play into and play, and it's like, oh god, you know, that's one of the best say, crosses of the ball in Scotland right there. Um, you know, so straight, a bit, there's about one minute into the second half, there's a wee ball out from Goldson into Tavenier. He swings it in. Uh, Benny gets it clear, and a couple of minutes later they do the same thing. This time Tavenier knocks it back to Sterling. Sterling plays it into the back post. Kent misses his header. Extra mash goal. So again, you know, that was, you know, I, I don't think it's as simple as just going, ah, draw it, you change the shape, you change that. I think it's more about when the game's go- ongoing, it's about noticing what's happening, reacting to it. And I think that's something that Naismith's normally really good at. And But I think on on Saturday, you know, it was abundantly clear from the opening 10, 15 minutes that particularly that kind of left wing back area for Rangers, Hearts' right wing, that was a real problem. And it was just allowed to keep on happening up until, for, up until the half time. And... I think that's a, you know, a big, big part of why why it all went wrong. And you note you noted it in your piece on the Heart Standard, which I would uh, urge anyone to to read as to a, a detailed breakdown of why it went wrong, where it went wrong, when it went wrong, and how it went, uh, and kind of um, when it went wrong. You noted that Alex Cochran played Tavenier much better than than, than Atkinson. He was more aggressive. I kind of noticed that at the time that. Atkinson would uh, you'd go close uh, Tavenier down and uh, even if Tavenier played the ball away Atkinson would kind of push him away so he wasn't able to spin him behind and like get the one-two and uh, get the space so it, it kind of did work on on uh, on, on one side but yeah. it didn't on the it didn't on the other I suppose before we move on to the Hibs game and, and, and look at that uh, Darren asks thoughts on Benny I personally think he's been off it since he came back miles away for the first goal and has been for weeks Devlin in for him I I thought 
Benny was it was one of the more positive aspects of the game on, on, on Saturday, but it shows what I know because he obviously got hooked and yourself, you watched it back and just thought he was maybe not miles off it, but he didn't have the best best of games. No, I mean the the thing that stood out for me was that I think the first goal certainly he's very passive. He should be closing down Lindstrom initially. He just kind of jogs over to them. And then once the ball gets worked out to Cortez, he kind of moves into the box. He doesn't really need to be there. Diamandi's standing in acres of space for a good few seconds. And it's only when Cortez passes on the ball that Benny goes out to meet him. And then he's easily beaten as well. So I don't think I don't think he covered himself in glory there. But to be honest, the big thing instead of it for uh, Benning for me was he only had 18 passes mm-hmm. in the hour he was on the pitch. That's remarkably low. I think... Um, only kind of Vargas had fewer or something like that, you know, like that, like, and you know, for a guy who's meant to be that kind of metronome at the base of midfield, just keep, you know, stitching everything together, keeping things ticking over, it's quite damning, especially when we talk about the fact that, like we say, going in at half time, Hearts had, had, was it 47% possession? So it wasn't as if, you know, Hearts just couldn't get on the ball, it was Beninga they couldn't get on the ball. Um, part of that's probably down to the fact that I think Tom Lawrence was pretty much man marking him, um, which made life difficult for him, but all the same, um, yeah, it was. It didn't really play much of a part at all, and it was more than fair. I think when um, when they switched up them, and you know, I, I really like Benny. I think he brings a lot to the team, but he was. <laughs> it'd be unfair to call him anonymous because he did make some good tackles a, a few times, but certainly on the ball, he didn't offer much at all. Yeah, just looking, he's he averages nearly 40 passes per 90 minutes. So that's a, a massive, massive drop off for him to be 18. I just felt I just felt looking at the last kind of last thing on the Rangers game, you look at you look at the Rangers team and one of the things noticed straight away is the physicality with uh, yeah. between the two sides, Lundstrom, Diomandi, even like even Loris, but De- Dessers and uh, Cortez, like physical uh, physical guys who are well built can play football, but they just just look like monsters compared to like for example Hartsman Field. It's quite. I mean, you look at you look at Benny, George Grant, and Callum Munhoff. They're um they're not the most um hench of midfielders Aye. so neat and tidy but they don't maybe have that uh none of them are like quick number of them are really dynamic number really powerful you just and i just felt that hearts just didn't get anywhere close to, to them at all they just they were all, all largely too much of a weapon uh, sorry, too much of. Sorry, I was reading reading mm. the comments. Too much of. Uh, there, <laughs> there were too much. Uh, they were kind of just too passive. They didn't get in their face, and it just allowed like John Lundstrom had a brilliant game, but that was largely down to, um, not largely, but partly that was down to. He just got so much space. Yeah, again, it's that thing where, you know, similar to Yelman is, um, and as the game wore on, Tavernier where. It just they were just had so much time in the ball and nobody was all that fussed about closing them down. Um, and then even at the back as well, I think you know in the first goal we see that pretty much the entire team are guilty of stepping off and not wanting to engage and not wanting to put a foot in. And again, the most damning incident, the one that kind of sums it all up, is the one we've already talked about with Atkinson. That mm-hmm. where it's like, oh god, just commit and it's yours, <laughs> you know. And then it really doesn't. So yeah, there's. It, I think it was a really difficult game, but yeah, I think the physicality aspects of it is certainly something that was noticeable at the time as well. Um, most notably, yeah, Des is on Rolls. Like, we know Rolls isn't the physically strongest. We know that he can have a tough time if he's paired up against a big physical centre forward. And, you know, it's clear Rangers had done their homework. It's clear they knew that because Des was constantly trying to get put him under pressure, 
get in his face and see what he could do. And, you know, ultimately Rangers got a goal from doing that and they could have even had more. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think it did show. There's still, <laughs> after after all the excitement of about getting close to Celtic Rangers, there's 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 still a fair bit of distance between the uh, between us and mm. the old firm, as you'd expect from the differences in how much Rangers and Celtic can pay for players and how much Hearts can play for pay for players. But we'll move on to the Edinburgh Derby. That's on Wednesday evening at Tynecastle Park. Hearts will be looking to bounce back, and I see it's the, probably the best game. It's probably the best scenario to bounce back. It's a midweek game, so you don't have to wait, wait the whole week. It's under the lights at Tynecastle against Hibs, who have seen a few fans, a wee bit of confidence coming into after mm-hmm. their, their win over Dundee. Exactly how uh, I, I like uh, Hibs fans going into Derby is, uh, with, with, with a wee bit, of, uh, with wee bit of confidence. I suppose before we kind of talk about the, the, the line-up, one of the things will show the mentality of the team in terms of bouncing back, but also Naismith speaking to Barry and even you in today, he was, he talked about how Hearts need to do what Rangers did to Hearts and start fast. And mm. yeah, ideally, ideally, but we've not seen that from a Hearts side. We've not scored a first half goal in the league since before Christmas. So it's it's something that. Obviously, we've talked about and I've written about the, the the difference between the first half and the second half and how Hearts are... Nace has proven himself a very good in-game manager and it's almost as if in the first half they are kind of feeling a team out. They are kind of just getting assessing the situation, but you, you start to... When, it, when this happens for so long, you're just thinking, you actually need to be better in the first half because you can't dilute a game down to 45 minutes, especially in bigger games and like we seen at the weekend where if you give a team... Um, like, better teams will take advantage of it as as Rangers, uh, Rangers did. So this will really... Sh- it's all right saying it, but if there's a game to start quickly, it's a game against Hibs, but the evidence of the last uh, couple of months suggests... It won't be a simple case. Just go, you know what? Let's play quickly from the start. No, I, well, I wouldn't be surprised if the first kind of five ten minutes it's a bit, um, you know, blood and thunder and end to end and all the rest of it. But because I, I think if if Hibs come out and attack and they kind of you know come at you straight from the off, then the, the tempo of the game just naturally gets raised, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it is a thing where you know when Hearts have been in good form, when they've been in bad form at the start of the season, the one kind of constant through it all has been that, yeah, in the first half, like, yeah, there have not been many first half goals at all. And it's always been the second half where there's improvement. Now, as I've said before, if you had, if it had to be one way or the other, yeah, that's probably the way you'd like it. But you're right, it is becoming like a thing now that the Hearts just don't seem to perform particularly well in first halves. Now, I think there's... There's been some examples in recent weeks where actually, okay, the scoreline's not been great, maybe at halftime, but the performances haven't been too shabby. Uh, you know, mm. I think there has been improvement, but there's still that thing of, okay, but it would still be very, very nice if they could actually just score, score a goal or two, or just dominate a game, uh, don't really dominate yeah. half. Like, the way that we see them finish games, you know, I think of the um, like the Dundee game, for instance, like the way they finished that game was just fantastic. And it's like, it'd be, I think fans would love to see that kind of 90-minute performance and you know, in the days of in these days where you've got five subs, it's totally possible as well because you know you can you know substitute out half your team, you can get those fresh legs, you can get those players to do it. And you're right. I mean, there's no better game for it to happen than the derby, and there's more there's no more likely game for it to happen in derby. So here's hoping. I mean, it'd be good fun. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's a good point. And then naturally, I mean, we saw at Easter Road games between Hearts and they just start kind of quick, just an Edward Derby, and there's a lot going on. And I do think this is where Hearts can gain a, gain a foothold because you look at the Hibs side, they're still kind of building under Nick Montgomery. They made changes at the... the made changes, brought players in during the tran- uh, January transfer window, brought quite a few players in. So there's going to be guys in the in the Hibs team who are going to be exposed to the Edinburgh Derby in Tynecastle and that atmosphere under the lights for the very first time. And I think it's the best, the, the perfect time to spook them. Like, just go, forget me. I would, this. it's easy for me saying this as a Hearts fan, but I'm kind of from Naismith saying, forget about control. Forget about just putting the foot on the ball and just controlling the game and taking the sting out of the game early on. I would just say, make it as big a battle as possible. Get the fans on, the, uh, on your side, put it in behind, go direct, push up and just kind of go back to basics and that kind of thing. Push up, get a, um, just make it uncomfortable for Hibs. And then once you've done that, that's when you can start to go, right, let's put our foot on the ball and control it when you've already got that foothold. Yeah, well, I, 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 I take the point and I agree. And that's something I'd like to see as well. But you know, let's be honest, does that sound like something Stephen Naismith would do? Uh, he, he strikes me as quite a cautious manager, I think, in terms of his setups at times. And... Certainly in terms of, you know, we know that he likes to see consistency in terms of like style of play and principles, even if it's even if the shape's different or yeah. whatever. So I would think that him saying, actually, no, we don't want any control. Let's just go, let's just go have a fight. He likes control. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. He talks a lot about it. Um, I mean, it'd be great fun to see. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if the match ended like that, you know, mm. um, like we saw in the most recent derby where, it was quite stale for large parts of it, but then it kind of bur- came, burst to life at the end. I wouldn't be surprised if that something like that happened again. But I think I, I, I'd be surprised if um, yeah, Hearts were gung ho from the get go. I mean, it'd be very nice to see, and it, it does have to happen at some point. But I just, I just don't think so. Well, it's, it's something I'm going to write about for tomorrow. So uh, just because I, just, I look, I look at, I look at Hibs and I, if where's if I look at the hips, I will look at the hips lineup that's played against Dundee. I'm thinking, where's that weakness? And I think the weakness is in, in defence because they've added. I think they've added quite well in attack. Maybe not exactly where they needed to attack, but you've got uh, the boy Mill leader who, according to uh, my pals, has been very, very good. Marconde, as I've seen a wee bit off, and looks like a talented player. And then you've got Boyle and Venti as well. But I just look at the defensive side of thing. Not a massive fan of Lewis Miller. Uh, Jordan beat us decent, and then Bashiri and Fish. I think. From their time at the, from their time at Tynecastle, they've had their struggles. So I just that's where I think that Hearts can get a lot of joy by getting in their face, pressing them because Hibs like to do uh, build uh, build out from the back. I think there's an opportunity there to make it very very un- uncomfortable and kind of suffocate teams. And I do think Nace was talked about wanting to do that to teams, but then yeah, you've you, I, I very much accept and get the point that it's also shown that he really likes the control aspect as well. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing, even you know, going away to some, you know, going away to Ibrox, you know, heading into that game, he was talking about the fact that you know, there will be moments where we can have control, and in those moments we need to show control. And I think that that's just his nature. I think that's just the kind of football he likes. And I think that, um, but then you do take the point in that I think tactically he might be tempted into pressing quite high up the park and playing quite, um, maybe getting bodies up the park, maybe like a four-three-three or something like that, so that. It, um, like Hearts can really get at the Hibs' back line because we know they like to play out from the back and like you say 
I'm not entirely convinced that all those players are best suited to playing out from the back, and I think mistakes can be can be made if you get at them. Yeah, because I, I would I would look at that and press him, and I would be okay with them going direct because I would fancy winning the first ball, and obviously this uh, you'd have to watch for the second ball because they've got a lot of pace in in behind. Mm. So yeah, there's. Um, There'd be different ways to go about it, but I just with my my, my hearts fan hat on, I'm just thinking, just let's just, just get in their face. Let's just proper old school, old school hearts. Let's move on to before we finish up, talk about who who you'd like to see. Uh, so personnel and tactics system. Would you revert? Would you stick with the back three? Or would you revert to a back four? Uh, I, I think I'll be a back four for this one. Yeah. I think I'll be a a four three three or a four two three one, something like that. Um, I think. I think Len Bikisa has to come back in for this one just because of the um I thought Atkinson was really poor the other day. I mean the reason that me and I think you had him as well in your predicted lineup for the for the game against Rangers was because he's he's better with the ball, he treats it better than Len Bikisa. That's evidently untrue. <laughs> Shows <what we> know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think you've got to feel, I think Len Bikisa's got to go in because apart from anything else, um imagine being Len Bikisa watching Atkinson put in a stinker. And then still can't get in the team. That's not really great for morale. So yeah, I think he'll play. Um, wouldn't be surprised if Rose came out of the team either. Again, just because he had a poor first, he had a poor first half. Um, obviously before getting hooked. Midfield, it's probably a wee bit trickier. I think uh, I would probably keep. I would keep Beningame in there. Um, I would probably keep Nuenhoff in there, and I'd probably keep Grant in there as well. I don't know if that's oh, controversial. No, no mm, I think I'd, I think I'd keep him on the bench, but yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd go for those three. And then a front oh, really? three of um, Forrest, Forrest on the left, Shanklin through the middle, and Vargas on the right. And he stick with Zander Clark? Uh, yes, yes. And I think I think Naismith will as well, because, yeah, I think I, I think Zander Clark could have done better for some of the goals on Saturday. I think that's clear. I think that's true. I think he also made some good saves as well from shots from distance. Okay, there may be shots you'd expect to save, but he still made them. But I think more importantly, as a manager, I don't think you drop your goalkeeper after one yeah. bad game. You know, again, I don't think it was a it wasn't great, but I don't think it was a particularly awful game. He wasn't you know, throwing them in the back of the net or anything. But yeah, I think psychologically, I think you know that's just absolutely crushing for a player. I don't think managers tend to do that. I don't think it's very fair because we know it's like in other positions it can happen, but because it's goalkeeper where only one guy can play. And players tend to get a run at it, you know. I, I think if you chuck a guy on the bench and throw him out, throw him out a team for one poor game, it doesn't really send a good message to the rest of the players. If he has a bad run of games, perhaps then it makes sense, or you know, two or three in a row can maybe do it. But yeah, I think it'd be exceptionally harsh. I'll be honest. Yeah, so I, I think you, I think you're right there. That's why I don't think Naismith would, would drop him is because of one game. I think that's it would have to be a kind of catalogue or greater evidence to do him. I mean, uh, to, to drop uh, to drop Clark for Gordon. Personally, I mean, I just, I still feel Gordon's going to be the better goalkeeper, so personally, bring him in, especially the derby, because I think mm. main, uh, the mental factor of that, it's like, Hibs fans seeing the team sheet and just go, Gordon's, Gordon's starting, just what we need uh, is, is always good. But yeah, Clark, I think, it would probably be harsh to, to drop him after having such a good run and then an iffy performance where uh, where he's dropped. My only thing about Lembekisa and Atkinson is I'm not sure how effective or impactful Lembekisa will be as a, in a back four as a right back, but he does mm. have the the plus point of having loads of pace. I, I think that's would, the big thing, isn't it? You know, if you're up yeah. against him, you know that 
that's one thing Hibs have got in abundance up in the front in the kind of final third it's pace they can really hurt you I think someone having something like Lindbergh who's got that kind of recovery pace in there might not be the worst thing in the world and again probably similar to Gordon Clark uh, the Gordon Clark scenario I would probably play Devlin but yeah I wouldn't be surprised if he was not in the starting 11 but we will have a prediction Benny is it who are you taking out oh um I don't know. Um, that should be tempted to take Grant or Grant or Fraser out, but that's just that's mm-hmm. just me. Just go for guys who can uh, midfield just win the battle and then bring on Grant, like say Grant and Fraser when the game opens up a wee bit. Mm, you're going for full, full chaos, Paul. Yeah, yeah. I've just just this is this is my this is only my mindset when it comes to derbies. Just play, uh, just play boys who can win the battle, and then worry about the football later on. But. That's uh, I've, I've seen plenty of it in with Arby's and I think it works, but we'll leave it there because we yeah we'll talk uh, we'll talk we'll publish our predicted lineups probably publish them on Wednesday morning ahead of the game on Wednesday evening. I would urge anyone to go and uh, uh, read James's piece on the Rangers loss if you want to kind of get into the nitty gritty as to why and. Um, where and when it went wrong for for hearts at ibrox to be um we'll obviously have all the build up to the derby over the next couple of days as well and i do have one question to answer here raymond asks what were the stats on missed incomplete passes compared to other games he's referring to the rangers game felt like it was worse than previous games i don't know what the average is i'll be able to find out actually um so the pass completion ratio um the pass completion rate at ibrox was 81 percent. so yeah probably higher than a lot of people will think it was and in terms of league average um where are we passing passing percent um yeah it's higher <laughs> it was actually higher than the hearts average which is 77 percent. so yeah it's uh maybe a wee bit of a surprise raymond but other than that that will be that will be us. We'll be back on Thursday to pr- review the Hibs game. It'll probably be myself and Scott McIntosh. I've just not asked Scott yet. I'm going to message him after this. So if he's if he's watching now, he's got a pleasant surprise. And then we'll be back on probably Friday as well to look ahead to the Celtic game on Sunday. But until then, thank you very much, everyone, for listening, supporting. And if you do hit subscribe on YouTube, that would be great. Until the next time, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, James. <laughs>